Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Well, my guest today is a third, she's been back third, three times. This is her third time on the pod. I think first time we, I think that's like the first time I'd ever spoke to you. Um, we chatted about like, the pros and the cons of each sign. Um, and then yeah. I think last time you came on, you were telling us about COVID and like how the world's gonna <laughs> explode, which it did. So and wasn't I accurate? Yes. Wasn't I accurate? Very accurate. I second lockdown when Mars yeah. went retrograde. Exactly. You were totally right. So you have some exciting news. That's what I wanted to chat with you about today. We tried to record this episode. When was when was it that you came to mine? It was like must have been July the fifteenth. Summertime because it was like absolutely roasting. I listened back to the recording that we attempted. And we were both like, I'm so hot, I'm so tired, we're so sweaty. <laughs> so I remember because I was really faint that day and yeah. I felt like really bad. Mm-hmm. And it must, yeah, it must have been like when we had the heat wave um, and I was fresh into my new apartment and we were yeah. talking about how, how much better you were feeling just overall because you actually like paid to work with me month, like probably, how long ago was that? Like the beginning of this year you ran some labs late late april okay so yeah we ran um different labs and i put cassie on a protocol and we went into your like health history and like story during the first episode so if you want like a deep dive definitely go and listen to that but can you just give us like an overview as to what you were struggling with why you wanted my help initially and then also share what you wanted to share today Oh, well, I was very uh, sick because in a way I felt a lot better, but like I was so sure I had hypothyroidism for ages and there was loads of like unexplained things like going on that was just like always cold. My body temperature was ridiculously low. My periods weren't quite right. Um, like I'm not sure I was ovulating um there were I can't even remember now but I definitely remember I felt like tired but wired a lot of the time I think I'd gone as far as I could go with like not having lab tests and it was like I didn't know specifically what was wrong but definitely didn't feel well It, Mm -hmm. it was hard to put my fingers on but I remember um definitely feeling a lot more tired then my libido wasn't quite right um but my main challenge was for fertility because after like years of anorexia over exercise 
then like when I started eating my body piled weight on my digestion was bad I was like chronically inflamed um and I could I kept getting like literally big like massive rashes on my thyroid like I didn't know what it was at the time but no one could work out what it was um and just generally didn't feel well um but I would say that my biggest concern was fertility because I knew something was off with my periods they were really scant um I would get get, like major PMS wouldn't you it was more like I got very very sad with PMS when it actually started to kick in because before that I wasn't really even I don't think having a proper period I don't know so there's something afoot Mm -hmm. anyway and um yeah and so we did the protocol I literally did more or less everything you told me like I was vegan before and you know it was like I just did everything at the foods you know there were it was very hard reducing my exercise so I did keep like quite a lot of strong yoga um in my but but I definitely reduced what I was doing and I definitely found that there was a point where I got to like a rock bottom I think it was when I knew I had to still eat some more and I was like oh this is just so difficult and I remember feeling that and I had to like let myself abandon all it was like I was having all these old beliefs around food that came up and I don't know why that was but it just came up for me I still don't know to this day how I felt like I'd gone back but now I think about it I'd actually moved house do you remember when I moved house mm-hmm. I was convinced there was mold in that house because there'd been many many floods and that house made me really depressed and I actually think that house made everything harder for me because the minute I moved out I've not had any worries um, and my mood's been great in fact it was just moving to that house that triggered all of like Mm -hmm. my like feelings of sadness so you know in the story of health you know it is like we need supplements and the food and the movement but also your environment relationships you're in like your family around you if you don't have that I think that played havoc a lot with my that one point when I I remember saying to you I need to just not take anything but actually it was because I just needed to say I don't have to do any of this and take all the pressure off like I didn't have to take any supplements or do anything and then actually I was like fine the next day I woke up and was like cool and just ate more so I don't know what that was about but then like about two weeks after that (laughs) found out that we were on holiday and we found out that I was pregnant and it was not planned (laughs) Um, but it was also like holy crap like this thing that I literally thought my body couldn't do it can do so I was like in complete awe by that and Um, you were were you in Cornwall do I remember you were yeah we were in (laughs) so we found out i'm in cornwall and i know the day that okay vivian do you want to know this is weird the day that we conceived the kid was that day that i said to you i'm really stinking i come to visit you and i was like why am i so stinky and i felt so like weird and i said i'm sure i've ovulated early so i must have ovulated Mm -hmm. early because that night was the night of conception. 
<laughs> when I got home and I've just seen you. The whole summer's so day. Like, yeah, and the steamy hot heat. My energy, my energy must have influenced something. <laughs> yes. So basically, I genuinely believe you are now the baby whisperer. Oh my God. Always. We found out because we're in Cornwall and I'd just done, I'd done like this Reiki course. Um, I was teaching a, a Reiki, like level one. And all through the day I was thinking my tits are absolutely killing. Like they are really sore. Like, and I thought this is like more than PMS. They were like in agony as if Mike Tyson had come and just like battered them. And that wasn't normal for me. Like they might get a bit tender. I thought, well, maybe it's my hormones just trying to level out again. And um, then we went away to Cornwall and I was like a little bit bloated, but not not massively like you would be before your period. You sort of just not, you know, when you like ovulate in the after period, you feel like super lean and you can normally have quite good ab definition. And it was just like a bit distended. But my boobs are like huge and swollen and all veiny. And I was like... It's a bit weird and I remember thinking this isn't normal for me and I had fertile mucus even though I was like literally two days out from my period that's not normal for me I don't really produce a lot of mucus anyway so I remember thinking oh god but it was Alex that said to me he was like are you sure you're not pregnant because he was looking at me I was standing there topless one of the nights like just getting changed and I was like I don't think so like because we missed like what I thought was my ovulation, even though I was like, hmm, I have fertile mucus on the wrong time. A bit strange. So anyway, um, long story short, we ended up a few days later, like my period hasn't come. So we went to um, Morrison's and I bought a Morrison's pregnancy test because they're like £3.50. And honestly, like my friend was like, they're super accurate. So when I got one of those, He's in Morrison's Cafe. It's like imbued Morrison's and it's like a really depressing rainy day. It pissed it down the whole holiday. It was like horrific. And I peed on this stick and it was like a midday pee, which you're not supposed to do. And there was like a faint positive. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I know you can't get a faint positive like unless you've got something really wrong. So I was like, oh. <laughs> so I kind of just left it and I said to him, I could be pregnant and we're in like Morrison's freaking cafe just like it was so weird and he was like oh right and I said of course it could be a false positive like it's definitely not a false positive (laughs) and then we got home the next day I did one in the morning it was a bit darker and I was like oh god so long story short we then moved to Glastonbury and here's the creepy thing by this point it's kind of sinking in that I could be pregnant and I'd seen it in my astrology and I thought oh god it's actually happening but the woman, when we got to Glastonbury, this super like hippie spiritual woman showed us into this yurt where we were staying and she didn't know anything about it. She literally just met us. And she says, and it will be really nice and comfy for the three of you and pointed to her belly, like held a pregnant belly. And we looked at each other and he's like, how do you know she's pregnant? She's like, oh, she's pregnant. You can tell. And I was just yeah, like, oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> it was so weird. We had all these mad symbols. It was like, oh God. So, yeah, that's how we found out in Morrison's bathroom. In- <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And when you say it was kind of in your astrology chart, um, what yeah. kind of things are you looking out for on there? Can anyone find things like that out? It's like with astrology and prediction, you have to be very careful because, like, 
like I said to you probably before, you need to look at a big variety of factors. Like there's not just one thing. It would have to be a few things that were suggesting it. But for me, it was in my progressions. Um, it was also in my solar return for next year, which is where you can often see a lot of fertility. And in the big conjunction that's about to happen in December, which is like literally going to be big for every single person somewhere in their life. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I could see it happening. But even then, it could have been that I was just going to get really creative and like sit at home a lot. But it's not like... I kind of knew that, but in my head, I was like, I don't feel like my body's ready or was fertile. But obviously, Vivian, the fertility whisperer, has worked to magic. So, well, I'll cover like what imbalances you had um, mm. and then what kind of approach we took um, to get your hormones back on track. And I have a list of like the symptoms that you filled out before. So definitely digestive issues, feeling full very quickly, like wanting to eat, but not physically being able to get a lot of food in your stomach. And obviously with like your eating disorder pass, that's really common issue. Um, and your enzyme production probably massively reduced because of the whole stress. But you said when you did eat food, you would put on weight very quickly. So your body, your metabolism just really messed up. And yeah. um really tired you said mentally and emotionally and um like periods cold hands and feet low libido um so many imbalances but you were doing like a lot of the right things so you were exercising like the things that we all hear about like to support hormonal health with some of it it was a little bit too far so like exercising but too much and when you were like resting it was like going on walks for hours during the day um, and your job's like pretty draining as it is. So doing Reiki and kind of therapy, it's like constantly depleting energy. So it was just kind of depleting you from all angles. So mm -hmm. I also agreed that thyroid must be playing a role. And I think, had you had thyroid checked before? They just tested like TSH or nothing at all. Yeah. TSH. They okay. tested thyroid and they kept saying, oh, nothing's wrong. And I'm like, well, there is something yeah. wrong. <laughs> so we did a private um, thyroid test. Your ferritin, your iron was low. So that in itself could have be, been contributing to um, fatigue, tiredness, like all of that. And your TSH was normal. So if we did just do TSH, it would have seen fine. And that's usually the case because TSH is one of the last things to go out of range when your thyroid's like really damaged and you need medication. Yeah. Um, but then your T4 and T3 were low. So that definitely like sluggish thyroid, underactive thyroid, and your antibodies were elevated, thyroglobulin antibodies, so it indicated Hashimoto's, which makes sense because that's cause of sluggish thyroid 90% of the time. So all of that had been missed. Who knows how long it had been going on for? It had been like six months, could have been six years. Um, but it was really important that we like supported that because your periods are like more of a surface level problem so like fertility period problems estrogen and progesterone they're like the tip of the iceberg but if the metabolism and the thyroid gland which is like under the surface isn't working then it, you're, you're never gonna balance your periods and have optimal fertility so um we also did a mineral test because minerals they're involved in literally every symptom and every system of the body so because you had so many like body systems involved like skin and 
um, brain function and gut as like some things like um, affecting them all. So minerals are often at play along with the thyroid and mineral imbalances can actually cause thyroid issues in the first place, like having a high calcium level. So <laughs> we started there, we got your results back and it also confirmed that you had a sluggish metabolism, but very high calcium, which is really common with trauma. And you, you mentioned in the first episode, but your body um, has been through a lot of trauma, like physically and emotionally. So made sense. Um, and just for reference, uh, ideal calcium level should be around a 42. Cassie's was at 416. At that moment in time, I think it was the highest that I've seen. But since then, I've had someone beat you, Cassie. So you're off the top spot. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I hope it's gone down now. Yeah. I think we need to do that test again. Yeah, definitely. I haven't got much hair this time, so I'm like going to mega grow out my pubes. Mm. Okay, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. But calcium's a very like big and bulky mineral. So it's very sluggish, like drains and slows down the metabolism. So that's why your thyroid was affected in the first place. Um, and your uh, copper level was very high as well. So usually high copper causes estrogen dominant type symptoms. So even though you didn't have like high estrogen levels, because your periods were like, we didn't do specific hormone testing, but your periods were like light and scanty. So you can still have estrogen dominance, even with a low normal estrogen, you just have very low progesterone in comparison. Um, mm. But copper is, um, should be like a Goldilocks nutrient, somewhere balanced in the middle. Yours was de definitely elevated and that can cause a lot of emotional symptoms. So anxiety, mood swings, PMS, emotional kind of instability. So made total sense. So um, the types of things that we did we have to slowly work on that copper detoxification. You can't just go in with like a huge push because that's going to make her feel worse. So we gently added um, some gut support, some whole food vitamin C powder, just to support her adrenals and get that copper out very slowly. We added in a copper-free and calcium-free mineral formula because a lot of them, if you were just if you were someone who just took a random multivitamin or prenatal off the supermarket shelf. A lot of them contain high levels of calcium and copper, especially prenatals. So that would actually make you feel worse. So if um, we'll talk about your experience during the first trimester, but the fact that you were still so symptomatic, but we've been working on your health for a while, I can only imagine how symptomatic you would have been. Like if we didn't, we hadn't have started working on the calcium and the copper issue. I think the nausea and everything would have been way worse. But mm -hmm. lifestyle and the diet thing was really key. I was just educating you and you were probably already on the border of transitioning from the vegan diet at that point. And I just give you that little extra nudge because copper toxicity or high copper is very common with plant-based diets because plants are very high in copper. Animal products are very high in zinc. So that's why I believe the optimal human diet has a combination of both. So you were getting a lot of plants, not enough zinc, and stress and adrenal issues also cause you to retain copper as well. So you started adding some meat into your diet and you were like a venison addict for many months. <laughs> Is that still the same? I, I need, I've only just been able to even think about yeah. meat. Yeah. Um, but the truth is like I've never been big on meat mm -hmm. and I kind of got big on it, you know, when, when I was having it again, 
but definitely now my palette has changed and I'm leaning more towards like shellfish and like kind of that's the best I can do at the moment I've just thought about salmon today so yeah. hopefully I can get to a point where eggs and mm -hmm. grass-fed meats kind of feel appealing but first trimester they've just been yeah. like literally repulsive so I'm gonna try and get on that as soon as I can but it's definitely not the same now yeah you definitely um, have to listen to your body otherwise you'll just like vomit <laughs> everything out which yeah, isn't basically. good and then with the lifestyle thing, it was really about slowing down, resting more, kind of lean, turning inwards and um, going back into like your feminine because you were doing a lot during the day and again, like very energy depleting job. But give us an overview because currently are you at like 14, 15 weeks along? Yeah, I'll be 15 soon. Okay. So, so give us an overview of your experience during the first trimester because we were saying before, like you read online and they're just saying drink more water take your prenatals eat some vegetables but i've heard from you that it's very difficult yeah and like even like people like lily nichols in her book is like do you know what she's she struggled yeah. i literally knew loads of people who worked in dietetics nutritional therapists i know you know because in our world like a lot of people are and I chatted to like every single one feeling so bad because when six weeks came, the moment that Mars went retrograde, so I kind of knew it was coming, the sickness just hit me like, like a, um, it was just so strong. And it, was, it wasn't in the morning, it was like all the time, it was constant. And it, when it was very bad, it was like even water was repulsive, like... It was, I had to like put like loads of lemon in my water and ice, like half the cup would be ice. It was really hard to get good food in. Um, and I remember I was like eating like gluten-free cereal some mornings and that was useless. That would just come back up. Um, it was hard, you know, and every kind of, it was, I didn't crave, you know, people say, well, what cravings do you have? I don't really get cravings. I get aversions and they're really strong. So I would be in the supermarket and like, I remember when it was really bad, I couldn't walk anywhere near the meat or fish aisle, just thought of it. But I remember once I was walking down like the coffee aisle, cause I went really off coffee. It used to be like a, a decaf addict. I walked down the, um, the hot chocolate and I walked past like a, just cacao, which like I would used to love. I was like a chocolate addict and like, I literally was like, or like sick in my mouth at the sort of cacao so it was like really strong aversions to just anything that was like unlike avocado was like repulsive to me and protein powder which I loved my smoothies I couldn't stomach so it was bad like even porridge anything hot was vile so it was, it was bad and loads of nutritional therapists I spoke to were just like yeah I, I couldn't eat anything like they were like I lived on toast one lady was like, I lived on Nutella and crumpets. And it's just like everyone you speak to, apart from two or three people, and those two or three people, may I add, were not into nutrition at all. There were people that are just, you know, eating moderately the whole life, yeah. exercise moderately, drink a couple of glasses of wine a week, you know, like, and they were like, yeah, I was fine, never had any issues. And I'm just like, and then you had all these people that were like health nuts are all the people that are telling me no they were horrifically ill so i'm like 
Oh, <laughs> why do you think that is? I honestly think, right, and this is my theory, I don't know. I don't think obviously sickness is normal, but aversions I think is quite good. I feel like it's your body saying don't eat that right now, like because it's trying to be wary of pathogens and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's loads of theories, but, but it's no like one more really it's more things. intuitive for like a safety reason than someone else who's got there. I think so because like you don't want to obviously get pathogens that early on because it can just like really hurt the baby like if you got flu virus my mum had flu virus when my sister was about 11 weeks in in the womb and uh, all her teeth even her adult teeth have no enamel and they're really messed up yeah so it can create permanent damage so obviously you don't get flu virus and food but you wouldn't want when you when the baby's that delicate I don't think you would want like anything it's like pretty dangerous and then after that your baby seems a bit more robust in some ways but I think I think it's because certain foods are more likely to give you like you know they say that salads you know more likely to give you food poisoning stuff because they're not washed and salads were repulsive and like I used to be a lettuce addict like I loved it and fresh veg and it was all repulsive and maybe it's because your body's not used to other things. Like I don't think it's natural to be craving like crisps and junk. I don't think that is natural. And I definitely didn't crave that. It was more like I need to eat because I feel so crap, but everything is disgusting. So sometimes it would be like salt and vinegar crisps, like kettle chips are the only thing. <laughs> so weird, but I remember I found it very, diff- very difficult to eat. And it was eventually I could sort of have like lentil soups, but I would find one thing I could eat and then I would eat that for like three days. So at one point it was sweet potatoes with Branston pickle and cashew nuts. You told me to try that at one point. Days. I was like, that doesn't sound appealing to a non-pregnant person. Right. It's amazing. It's seriously amazing. I still stand by that. Um, and... But then at one point it was just halloumi and peas. But meat, at any point, I haven't eaten meat in a long time. Like, And I, I'm unconscious of that. And I think the guilt, like I felt guilty about that. But I was like, I couldn't even stomach protein powder. So I am just now trying to like incorporate a bit of fish. So I had to have like gluten-free fish fillets to try and like, because just thinking of like plain grilled fish still makes me feel a bit sick. So a lot of it is the preparation of food. So if you've got like a partner, if you're pregnant and there was a partner that could cook for you, if you don't smell it cooking, it's fine. But when you smell things, sometimes that's enough and you just, you can't manage it. So do you have any other tips or is it like, is it like very bio-individual to the person, would you say? I think just listen to your body because like logically you're feeling guilty. You want to have the protein. You want to have your supplements. Like I couldn't stomach my B vitamin or my, um, mega spore yeah, and like I was like vomiting those back up and I'm looking at the mega spore thinking they're still intact and they're like one pound a serving so <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna have to yeah, that's going back in <laughs> I literally had debated it at some points like but it was in the toilet and I thought maybe not oh. um, but points where like you know it's like okay this is silly to try and even eat this vitamin like it's just stupid so I kind of just had to go with the weird stuff that my mm-hmm. body wanted which was never junk it was always like I don't remember really anything I ever wanted but 
it has been yeast extract on like those oat muffins that I make like that's been like marmite which I can't have because of the gluten but Meridian do like a yeast extract so that I don't know what that is but that's it basically but I think just go with your body and honestly the only time I didn't feel sick was when I was asleep and if I was overtired I couldn't sleep well I would feel sick so like just make sure you clear your calendar for like the first trimester because I was sleeping like 13, 14 hours like and everything was really difficult and maybe that isn't normal maybe like I'm really unhealthy or something but everyone I spoke to was like your body is just absolutely banjaxed with hormones so don't even worry so I'm just like fine yeah (laughs) the average person they say they say it's normal to like eat for two and eat all of this junk food and have all of these major cravings but I think it's hard when we know what we know about like the protein and all that it must be hard to like just accept that you can't do anything and rather than just trying to force something and making yourself work you just need to let go and release control yeah and just when you can eat better again like just just do it like i'm not really big and i don't enjoy meat massively but i will try and have it now like a few times a week just because like your iron demands are ridiculous and i'm like that's like four steaks a day worth of iron and i'm like i think i may have to supplement although i don't know um but i'm like that's a lot of iron so we'll see but, that's um, why the preconception work is like the most important and i'm trying to promote that to yeah. everyone you have to try and fill up your nutrient stores first get yourself yeah. at least to a, a good level of health because when you're pregnant you might not be able to eat good food yeah. your, your baby will like leach all the nutrition it needs even at your expense um so yeah start as early as possible um and then you don't have to feel so guilty or bad about not being able to eat all of that stuff or take supplements yeah that was the comfort and like even lily nichols says in her book she's like don't worry you can pick it all up in when whenever you can eat again just pick it up then um and i do believe that like i don't i think it's easy to see how people could think about eating for two because when you get into second trimester your appetite really increases like in a dramatic way um and the moments where i'm suddenly craving like pizza and nachos is what i crave which is just so random (laughs) um i'll just you know i'm just i say to myself well i can have that if i want do i really want that and we might plan to have it one day of the week or i've got like these low carb pizza bases gluten-free things that or the cauliflower pizza base just to like satisfy that craving but i'm not saying it's wrong to gain weight in pregnancy at all because you are going to gain weight like that was really hard for me knowing that even if i wasn't eating i was being sick all the time your body still gains weight because it is so clever um so <laughs> fine um but i think it's just about a lot of people going like a gay abandon a bit, and it's really easy to because your body like really wants food when you get to second trimester yeah, it's like catching up um, you not having food for three months it's like well, i can no tolerate it so let me just make sure i cover all my bases and just eat everything while i have the chance yeah and i've been just trying to up like my fats and my veg and like seasoning sprouts with like worcestershire sauce and chipotle and just like 
just trying my best but I also am saying to myself this is a time for me to allow myself you know if I want to have a magnum ice cream I can have it and often I just have a few bites and put it back like because even eating Alex is funny he will buy hotel chocolate and I'll treat myself to that and I'll have like one truffle it's really nice I have like a raspberry one but he'll like clean off a packet and he's like you know so if you know you perhaps have no willpower it's probably not a good idea to do it and maybe to see what other hacks you have but your taste buds change and I think you know some people everyone's going to gain weight like in pregnancy I just think you should be kinder to yourself and if you do want those treats not to like feel bad because at the end of the day like emotionally food does make you feel better and it's it's a it's a strange time so yeah it's like the biggest motivator to know that it's not just for you it's for your child as well so like with the with the eating disorder past and like being in this place where you don't really have control over the weight gain um, or body changes like have you noticed any changes and it's pretty early days so maybe not but any changes so far physically yeah yeah so like I started my pre well I'm not going to say what my pre-baby weight was because that might be triggering for some mm-hmm. people and I honestly don't weigh myself um but I was really feeling good in my body like I felt very healthy I felt nice and lean but I wasn't like a stick and this isn't a judgment about other people's body it was just I was in my happy place and I could eat and I felt good um and then when pregnancy hit just probably because of the progesterone you're always a bit bloated at the beginning but around eight weeks what happened was like I was hardly eating my midsection started to really thicken up and the midwife said yeah well thicken up because it's like fluids and all of these other things and if you ever (laughs) never google it because there are some people who are pregnant on google who literally look like fucking supermodels at 12 weeks and they're like in their gym shark and you're thinking fucking hell like my midsection looks like a barrel and like everywhere else is the same it's it does mess with your head if you've got a disorder background i think and it's all very well saying you know these people say oh it's for the baby and you know and yes on one hand but at the end of the day let's be real if you've had a a, a severe eating disorder those pathologies are going to be waiting in the wings of your mind to be like bang ah i have an opportunity to show up now and if you're not ready to just say these these thoughts are probably going to come back my anorexic thoughts will come back they definitely have for me the guilt around exercise has come back the guilt around food has come back particularly as i was i'm definitely eating a lot of carbohydrate now um a lot of kind of those thoughts and restrictive thoughts and even a few days where i've noticed I've kind of tracked my calories again and been worried about going over like a thousand calories, which is very old. That's like year old, years old. And yet I've kind of had to watch myself go in it to realize, oh, that's what I'm doing. So I would say the weight gain, because to an anorexic background, even though I've been recovered many years and I help people overcome this, like, and I understand how my brain works it's gonna come back and that's fine it's just a paradox of progress it just means the opportunity to deepen my commitment to myself because it is you know people say do it for the baby sometimes like for me that's it still doesn't go deep enough it's like it needs to be but for both of you you know so 
yeah i'm aware that it i didn't think it would come back in this way but it definitely has and there has been moments where alex has been like what would vivian say right now and he'd be like you know i'm gonna tell vivian that's what he'd say i'm gonna tell vivian and i'm like it's all very well you saying that but like it's a head fuck when you're not even eating that much and you're just thickening up so it definitely makes you have reverence for the fact you are not really in control of your body and actually it's better just to go with it and be like okay i'm i'm about to gain weight and in you know appointments they will weigh you they will do the bmi thing and they're not really sensitive to uh, if you've had an eating disorder or not definitely in my opinion they're not sensitive to that it's like shouting it across the the clinic room for everyone to hear yeah and actually there's not much on the internet because i thought well you know there must be some guidance for people that have struggled and there's not really on the internet say that you're in pregnancy and you are having those thoughts because i was definitely having those thoughts and i'm someone who when i'm there i like to read about it so i can understand it more even though i know i can get myself out of it very quickly i think it's like well if i was my client now what would i be experiencing and like you know what i don't understand this actually to be pregnant and gaining weight and then to be having anorexic thought patterns so uh, or you know whatever eating disordered patterns and and i kind of looked and there's not really much guidance out there there's nothing on beat which you think there would be that's like a massive charity and your midwife just my midwife came up with the best advice ever which was don't look at the mirror just make sure you eat a lot and drink water i was like great really really helpful guidance there Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot out there for people and i think it's important to know that when you're pregnant potentially that can be a huge trigger for you especially when the hormones are racing around so i think go into it with a healthy dose of humility and reverence for the fact that those old thought patterns can reappear at any moment because they are always waiting in the wings of our subconscious mind you know they are like anything in nature they seek to survive they're like a virus they will mutate and it's it's how do you meet them and how do you deal with that i want to say the words relapse but you know it's not like a relapse i've just really noticed that's been coming up and it, it was definitely hard for me definitely but i mean most days it's you know not a big deal and i just embrace the bump but other days you know and so i think most people back to your question will probably grow sort of about eight weeks you really start to notice you thicken up but you don't really have a bump um you just kind of look like you've overdone the cake or you've kind of got some severe gut problems okay and it's like the week before your period for most women who can relate like you're you're probably a little bit more bloated you're like emotional so you're like picking at your body so it's probably like that times a thousand if you are pregnant and you've got history of eating disorders yeah but it's more than that week before your period because in the week before your period you're kind of it's below the navel a bit it's you know whereas it's below the navel but the biggest thing i've noticed is the, the space above the navel thickens. So the only way I can describe, I've gained like inches and, and my waist itches. So it is different because you actually are thicker and your boobs grow loads. So your torso becomes thick. It's the only way I can describe it. And, you know, then there's the change in your identity. You're no longer like a, you know, as society sees it, like a sexy, skinny young woman. You're like, 
like a bloated, crying, sticky mess. And in my case, with acne on my ass cheeks, like who can't poo, who can't go to the toilet. Like it's not glamorous. Like, and you know, I was watching, and you're already hormonal. So I was watching like this film with Alex the other night, which is called Eyes Wide Shut. You may not have seen it, you may have. It's got loads of like stiff, thin tall naked just walking around naked and they are like definitely underweight but like just soup you know what we would say as a supermodel and that mess i just started crying and he's like why are you crying i'm like because i feel so horrible about the fact that i am a short umpa it really messed with my head so it's more than i think it's more than pms definitely he's like a thousand times like you say and tell yeah. us about your experience being pregnant during COVID, like with hospitals and positive or negative, like what have you, like with your scans and checkups, how's it been? Um, it's been quite negative, if, if I'm honest. I know the NHS are like struggling, but like I don't wear a mask for my own exemption reasons, um, which are like based in like, you know, my kind of, not my anxiety or anything. It's more to do with the fact that things on my face aren't really nice for me and it's it's a choice like and they make me anxious I actually can't breathe when I'm wearing one and when you're pregnant like you can't bloody breathe anyway like you're already breathing a lot more so I don't wear one and I've been received quite terribly and literally a mental health support worker like shouted at me the other day while she was taking my bloods and there was another mental health support worker in there who just let her do it and it was like she was asked it was it was ridiculous so I've never really had um been treated so badly by anyone and maybe that was personal to me but it really upset me because obviously I'm a pregnant crying mess so and I, I'm not very um I don't sort of tell people to f off or it's not my way I, I'll normally cry if someone shouts at me um, and yeah like consultants when I've tried to explain about the Hashimoto's indication being the word that I will use and actually taking my bloods from you know medichex they just won't look at it and finally the other day the consultant listened to me after like three wouldn't um, and did order the bloods from the endocrinologists which are looking at not everything but at least they're looking at antibodies so that's the only positive thing the rest like scans Alex can't come um, the hospitals are like an hour behind on every appointment. Um, it's very clinical. It's, it's not nice, to be honest. And you can't go to antenatal or aqua classes. Uh, you can't see a midwife in person where I am. So it's kind of a bit strange. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the positive is the private scans are still going ahead and you can take your partner. So they're raking it in yeah. and they're getting like a lot of my money at the moment because... They have like teddies where you can put your baby's heart beating and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it all. <laughs> Give me all of it. <laughs> and they were like, do you, want, do you want the... Sorry, carry on. Yeah, I was going to say, when are you due? And do you think you're having a boy or a girl, just intuitively? Is it in your chart? Well, I'm due the 11th of May, which is a good time. So hopefully it's a Taurus baby because I cannot deal with a Gemini. And I know what Aries are like, so I don't want an Aries. Um, but <laughs> so that I'll probably get one. Um, but you know, um, so you know too much. <laughs> hilarious. I've already looked at each chart for potential dates. 
yeah alex on his every medium or astrologer that kind of alex has said has seen has said that he would have a boy first i i don't care my pendulum i'm swinging it says it will be a boy but then i've got you know clients in my coaching community are really getting into the intuition they're like it's definitely a girl and then i've got other people that are you know healers and mediums and it's definitely a boy and i'm just like what do you think but, well now that i've so have you heard of the nub theory no oh, you're gonna you, this is a rabbit hole for you to go down it's where on the 12 week scans they're like look at the nub and it's really accurate they're called like the nub text on instagram and it's how you can see a 12 week scan whether it's a boy or a girl now i was watching the whole 12 week scan as it was happening it took 45 minutes because the baby was being really naughty and just would not do anything and my um uterus is antiverted and it has a septum so it's like mega mangled so it's really hard to do the scan but the whole time i was looking and i could see that the nub was like a girl's nub but then on the photo she took it's a hundred percent a boy's nub so i'm no wiser and I feel like the universe would probably give me a boy because I want a girl so much because I like all the unicorn things in clothes. Um, so why would the universe I'm, do the opposite? Because I've got a lot of karma around men, so it'll probably be. Mm. <laughs> probably to be a, so I think I think I feel like a boy, but I'm so excited. What do you think? I've got a girl. See. Is that mm. everyone's just like every yeah. most people have said a boy, but I've not seen you in person, have I? It might change. If I We've got a good name. If it's a boy, it will be Leo because it was conceived in Leo season. Um, and if it's a girl, imagine if we were going to call Taurus. it Vivian. <laughs> Vivian. Vivian. <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh, it could be a middle name. Uh, it's either going to be Sadie, which is after mm-hmm. my mum passed away which is quite a cool name yes. but i really like florence yes, and i really like venus obviously yeah alex, of course alex, alex is into those so it's, yeah oh i'm so excited for you thank you so much for sharing your honest pregnancy experience because yeah we left your bits out oh what, like what tell me like the horrendous constipation okay. Where I literally think I'm going to push the baby out. I'm really like that in that much trouble. I don't, I think it's because I'm prone to constipation anyway. Yeah, like your tendency is just worsen. Some people it's acne, their skin gets terrible. Some people it's IBS or they're on the toilet or constipated all day every day. So yeah, I've seen that all the time. Yeah, so I'm like on massive amounts of magnesium citrate and that's the only thing that will keep yeah. me going. And um, the acne on my ass cheeks, which has developed, like massive boils of acne. So it's stuff that people don't tell you about. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't they tell you about these things? Because, like, I'm obviously not that glamorous. That's the only thing I can put it down. You're to. willing to share. That's all that it is. And people will well, just want for people it. to know. Yeah. If they feel like they're going to push their baby out because they're trying that hard to go to the bathroom, the fibre gel that they'll give you 
is fine but tastes like crap and has loads of aspartame so that's not going to work for nine months if you buy sicilian husk not from fiber gel it just did nothing it just irritated my gut i tried what lily nichols said about the flaxseed did nothing uh tried lactulose gave me horrendous bloating and trumps and farts and i was like oh my god because i'm not really a trumper uh and then the only other alternative was magnesium citrate like shit tons of it so mm-hmm. that's basically <laughs> and apparently now vivian's pointing me on to an antibiotic wash for my butt cheeks because i've been washing it with apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. which has been burning drying it out but i feel like it's improved yes yeah, so you need a salicylic like acid cleanser Yes, I'm actually it's going to go to Tesco and get that. It's Seba, Seba V, Seba, I've seen it. It's like six Seba times. V. Yeah. yeah, I've yeah. seen it. Like a white, some blue bottle? Yeah, it's white yeah. and it like has yeah. a, I, ha, I have seen it. Yeah. And the Tesco I go to is really good. It has like a Holland and Barrett in there. Mm-hmm. That should Which do the job. And are you <laughs> willing to come back on and share your hopefully amazing, beautiful birth delivery story like what's your plan i know you you can't like always decide and have it go to plan but yeah. what's your goal your dream i have this feeling i'll end up with a c-section it's not what i want but i just have this feeling um but my plan i would really like a midwifery led unit i didn't want to do it at home i thought that was a bit bold for my first time but i really want to water birth because it shows that like stages two and three of labor are a lot quicker <laughs> um which is like the pushing kind of stage um and there's less tearing in water which is like one of the things that's really important to me um, and I just feel like water is calming for me. Um, but at the moment, I'm under a consultant because of the um, Hashimoto stuff, which I don't know. They, they should, as long as I'm not high risk, because I'm not high risk, really, apart from that thyroid stuff. So if my blood tests come back fine, they'll probably then I'll be able to do that. But you can still have a hospital birth, even um, sorry, a water birth, even if you're in hospital, even if you've got strep B, you still have the water birth. So, yeah, I've got like a birthing plan. Um, but I think the big thing is to know that my friend Sinead, who is also pregnant, you know, Sinead, because she did your PCOS success mm-hmm. and also like the baby whisperer. <laughs> but she said at the point where you're like 38, 39 weeks, which is where she is, she's just like, she doesn't care how it comes out she's just at that point so i want it as natural as possible and yet the reality is probably when i get there i'm just like i don't even care Mm -hmm. so i I don't want drugs that's i don't really want drugs but gas and air fine but i think that will make me sick and and dizzy because my blood pressure is already like 80 over 40 Mm -hmm. so if i have that i'll probably go to sleep so uh probably not going to be the right thing for me Mm -hmm. so i'm going to try and do like hip hypno hypnosis and stuff yeah i think this whole whole journey is just gonna like be so many learning lessons like you probably already know like limiting beliefs that you thought I'd managed and they've come back yeah. to the surface, like they're never, like it's always something to work on, but the ultimate yeah. reward is going to be so amazing. So worth it. 
Yeah, all the sleepless nights yeah. and <laughs> bleeding, aching nipples. Just gone. Joking. No, it's going to be an amazing time. Put it out to the universe. You'll get to, you'll get to see the baby. Yay. Literally, I'm going to have to bring the baby up. I know. Hopefully, we're not in an extended lockdown. Well, I won't talk about the astrology of that for now because okay. it might be depressing. <laughs> let's end on a high. <laughs> yeah, let's end on a high. So tell everyone where they can follow along. I'm sure you're going to be sharing bits and pieces on social media. So remind everyone again, if they're not following you, they definitely need to on social media and your website. Yeah. So if people want to just keep up to date with all the free astrology stuff on my podcast, have a podcast, Modern Goddess. I also do my coaching. Um, but the main thing that I'm loving at the moment is my No BS Astrology School, which you probably know it's like a six week astrology school for total beginners for astrology. And honestly, like <laughs> it's really good fun. So um, there, there is that going on. But if you just want to follow me and see content, which will probably once we officially announce it, which will be when this podcast airs, because I haven't been able to, there'll probably be a lot of funny stories and definitely we'll be sharing a lot of the stuff that no one talks about in pregnancy and like practical ways to deal with it because the stuff that the midwives tell you and the way they push vaccines on you it's like learning how to be firm and but not rude and just there's a lot that goes on that you know when you're like naturally minded it becomes like a whole different ball game especially when they're pushing their like prenatal vitamins so yeah if you want to follow along i'm on instagram at i am cassie aurora or my website is cassieaurora.com it's very easy amazing yeah. and i'll link all of those in the show notes for everyone and yeah if you want the real truth um vulnerable stories <laughs> sharing sometimes no, TMI, no. but we all appreciate you for it then definitely follow cassie I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.